Hello, it's me, Richard Herring. Welcome to my Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Today's guests are Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. I'm very excited. This episode has been sponsored as well by an app called Stickums. It's spelled S-T-I-K-K-U-M-S. It looks fun written down. It looks like it's going to be very rude. Let's see if it is. No, it's a behavioural management app for groovy parents. There's also a sticker collection for kids. The important things, unlike any other awards charts, which look more like spreadsheets with, spreadsheets with gold stars on them, this one is designed to look and play like an app that kids will want to use. Uh, the app is called Stickums. It's a free, it's free. You might as well get it. iPhone and iPad app for cool parents who want to encourage their kids. It's terrible when people tell you you're cool, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, to behave in a better way rather than thrashing them with sticks. Three, it's funny. The character stickers are really cool. The artist is Lou Stringer, who worked for the Beano, the Dandy, Oink, and loads more British comics. Four, parents have full control from a code-protected dashboard. Only the parents can buy new sticker packs, and everything in the game can be fully customed from the goals themselves, the amount of stars earned, and the number of stars needed to unlock stickers. Five, kids earn bonuses every day by doing sums. Again, the difficulty and number of sums available each day is completely customizable. The website is stickums.com, S T I double K-U-M-S. There's also a Facebook, search for Stickums, and Twitter, at Stickums App. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that advert for Stickums. I would do, I'd have done it for free if I'd known it was called Stickums. Uh, so um, let's enjoy the, this week's podcast. Do get that. It's free for the moment. It sounds like they get, they get you on the app, on the extras, doesn't it? But get it for free. It sounds like fun. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's very prepared for this. He's so prepared for this podcast that the audience are in awe of it, how excited about it. It's Richard Herring, please welcome him. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much. Hello. What's this rubbish chair? What is it? What's this? Where's my nice chair? Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Or as some of the cool kids have started calling it, Raha Lusterper. <laughs> no, Raha Lusterper, you're not cool. That's, the, that's what the cool kids uh, are calling it. Uh, I, uh, this week I've been mainly uh, in, to thank the people at home who, uh, and maybe here in the room who uh, contributed to the Kickstarter campaign. I've been making more T-shirts. I'm still not... I've done 67 of the 74 T-shirts I've got to make. I should be doing proper work. I've also been drawing around my hand. Uh, this is uh, this is an example of that. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to do that 600 times. I mean, who would really want that? That's the question. That's, it's massively inconvenient. I thought, oh, that'd be easy. That you know, People give 20 quid, they get a picture of my tiny hand. I didn't really think it was going to take me three weeks to achieve... <laughs> And a lot of pens. And yes, I've got, got some stuff on my... And I've had quite a week. Um, we've Oh, the new posters are out for uh, the, my new show, Happy Now. Chris Evans, not that one. Put in, a, put in the poster here now. I think, ooh, it's, fade, it's faded to the poster there. Uh, and uh, you can come and see that show. I'm, all the tour dates are on my website. And also, I'm doing all 12 of my stand-up shows at the Leicester Square Theatre. And there's the poster for that. Ooh, it might be too late for the people at home to see some of them. Ooh, there it is. I'm very excited about those. Uh, that's more for the people at home. Uh, but uh, I... Uh, uh, I smashed uh, my bedroom mirror uh, this week. Uh, I was tra- we we're trying to. I'm trying to sell my house uh, in Shepherd's Bush, which is difficult to do because it's a real shithole. Uh, so to convince, and you're trying to convince people that it's worth spending lots of money to come and live there, it's difficult. Uh, so you just got to lie. Like, I've had people throw eggs at my house this year. I've had a man shit in my front garden. I mean, this you do. You can't put that. You don't put that on the. That isn't there at the bottom. How many people have shit- shitted in the front garden this week? 
It's only happened once. I think you know, it's once. I've been there for 13 years, as far as I know. I might look and come down and look at my front garden and find there's a whole load of tramp shit down in there. But, you know, it's, uh, at least I have a house and a toilet. So, you know, yeah, you look on the bright side. Uh, but um, I smashed my mirror just as someone... I was, I was moving stuff around just as someone was coming look around my house. And then, it, weirdly, you know, that's not part of the house. It's my bedroom mirror. But then I had, like, ten minutes to try and hide this broken mirror. Because, weirdly, that just feels like if you walked into a house and there's a smashed mirror and glass everywhere... I don't think you'd buy the house. Even you know, that's not part of the house. That um, that will be. I think you would be suspicious. Because there's that kind of supernatural uh, worry, isn't there? I think about uh, you may get seven years bad luck uh, if you if you smash a mirror. But the woman who came around the house seemed to quite like it. I then had to go to a doctor's appointment and get some results. And the result that was mainly good news. Uh, and I'm quite old now. It's never going to be all good news. Uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. Uh, and uh, uh, lots, of, lots of kind of cool things uh, were, were happening that, were, that were, were nice. So I actually wonder if smashing a mirror is good luck because I sort of figure like a mirror. I've had that mirror for 15 years in my bedroom. It's like a standalone mirror. And all the things that mirror has seen in those 15 years... <laughs> The, me- the million, li- literally millions of people have come through those doors. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of them have left. Uh, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> and the only thing is, actually quite good. Like, in a way, that mirror holds the ghosts of all the past, doesn't it? Of all the people in the past. It's like a fresh, to smash a mirror, that is a fresh start. Or does it mean that there are just now millions of fragments of all those things somewhere else? Well, I've thrown it away anyway, so it's, not, it's gone now. But that's quite an interesting philosophical uh, point. Uh, and I took, uh, I took my baby uh, to a wedding last weekend. And uh, it's, it's good being a baby because you're the centre of attention. My baby's very sociable, unlike me. I'm, I'm, I'm useless at parties. I don't really like being in crowds of people unless they're all sitting in rows in darkness staring at me. And I love that, but I don't like being... <laughs> Uh, so I'm very unsociable she's because she smiles at everyone she sees everyone uh, loves her and also it's quite cool because she's very sociable then she gets a bit tired and then she goes to sleep and it kind of made me think I'd quite like I'd quite like that and as an adult I'd quite like just someone to push me around in a pram like a giant pram and I wear a nappy and they and I know there are there are services you can go to where you can pay for this but I don't want it's not a sexual thing I don't get I, once we and poo get involved in sex that's the end of sex for me and that's that's where I go well it's time for the sex to stop there is some poo here I'm not interested in that you have seemed to have urinated let's stop having sex I have urinated on myself perhaps you should go that is where so it's not a sexual thing for me but it'd be quite convenient just to not have someone who would change your nappy for you and just a massive stroller you could just lean back in and go to sleep every couple of hours I think that I think that could be I might take that to Dragon's Den that might be my new dragon's den. But anyway, look, we've, uh, we've got two podcasts, hopefully, to record this evening. I mean, sorry, next week's is coming up as well. And um, it may not come up with the, uh, the, other, the other guest is on the back of a motorcycle uh, from Pinewood. being from, like it's, it's like a Challenge Annika or something. Actually, she'd be good. I might get her on. She'd be good. Uh, so, uh, will you please welcome my guests uh, this evening? Uh, they are probably... Best known, she is probably best known as Miscellaneous in Shoreditch Twat. <laughs> and he is best known, he is best known for appearing on Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I think it's fair, I don't think that's arrogant. I think it's fair to say that is what most of you will know him, please, from. Will you please welcome Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney, ladies and gentlemen? Here they are. Unbelievable. Utterly unbelievable. Come in. You can sit where you like. Thank you. Come in. Sit down. How are you doing? It's actually really challenging to play miscellaneous. <laughs> it is. 
What so. was uh, what does Shoreditch twat? Was it twat? <laughs> Shoreditch twat. Were you the Did twat? You not see it? I haven't seen it. I know everyone else is. That's why they're here to talk uh, about. Well, it was actually it was really good. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. Uh, it, was, it was sort of a pre Nathan Barley type um, thing that. We made a pilot of, and then it didn't go any further. Right. Um, but Miscellaneous was my was the best character <laughs> in the show. Yeah, well, it's Shoreditch has kind of got more Nathan Barley since Nathan Barley now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah everyone been looks to like that. Now. <laughs> no, you would right? fit in very well. This though. is just because I'm lazy. It has nothing to do with that Shoreditch <laughs> bullshit. Shoreditch twat. Which one? <laughs> but uh, there's. I mean, I don't mind it all. There's a big. There was a big quiz on uh, the internet today, having to go at all the stupid businesses in. Shoreditch, like yes. people um, going to buy cereal coffee. and stuff. I don't mind that. I think <laughs> it's those, like artisan. Those coffee. two guys who serve, they've done a recipe book for cereal now. The two, there's two guys who look like you, except they've got grey hair. <laughs> so it's like a mixture of you and me, actually. Uh, and, uh, and they have a shop where they sell cereal. Yes. Yeah, cereal uh-huh. killer. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. I like cereal. Okay. Like people are going, it costs five pounds. You can buy a pack of cereal for two pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to a restaurant? They don't, they don't charge. <laughs> it's not a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's just pouring some milk on some cereal, but he's still making something. Uh, but so I'm quite behind those guys, but they've got a recipe book out, which I think might be pushing it a bit far. Aren't they, aren't they twins as well? That's my they're... whole problem with them. Adult twins can, can be scary. Not always. I have one pair of adult friends that I love dearly. But a lot of times when you see adult ones, especially I think those, those guys dress alike, yeah. no, don't do that. Most twins die as children and become ghosts, I think, is the yeah. that is. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's unusual for twins to get to adulthood. That's I, why, I think that's why it's Yeah, unnerving. one kills the other one. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the womb, normally. Sometimes yeah. they eat. They, they, they feast off each other. <laughs> what do you remember about oh, being That's on... what I think about us, that's honestly. That's a serial topping. <laughs> no, when people say, like, are you guys lovers in real life? I'm like, no, we're kind of more like fraternal twins is why did that stop working then this are you even in vogue with adult twins and electricity storms your stuff it's because my microphones won't allow you to tell a lie rob that oh. is what it is <laughs> hey i tried i tried we have another thing we say we're not lovers you just gotta say it once now it's uh, whatever well let's well as we've got to let's get straight on to that because obviously i mainly want to talk about the sexual chemistry between the two of you which is uh, if you've seen Catast- catastrophe is uh, which is a fantastic uh, sitcom and i think generally i mean there are some brilliant sitcoms at the moment i genuinely think there are some fantastic sitcoms out there that may being made in great britain but i think this is uh, possibly going to be one the scenes the kind of classic sitcom of the era because it's it's like a, a new thing i'm not going to let you assholes any more than that uh, but it's, it's not it feels wrong when i'm being nice to nice yeah. to the guest i'll turn that around pretty quickly uh, but uh, there is a very strong sexual chemistry between the two of you and i think all of the viewers even though it's we know it's pretend uh-huh. We would like it if you genuinely got together in real life. Uh-huh. As you, much as that would hurt your You know his your wife has just had a baby. I do. Yeah. And I would leave five. I'm not sure that's the loveliest wish I've ever I know, heard. but I still uh-huh. think we, even though five children would be from broken homes and two, <laughs> two partners would be very, I'm presuming, unhappy, maybe not, yeah. uh, then... I still think the viewing public would like to... And then you could do a sitcom about that, about two twatty actors who uh, ruin, yeah. ruin each... <laughs> but there, it is... Do they, how, do they, how do your partners feel about it? Because you're kind of having a, quite a sexy time together in this... There's some, in, there in is this sexy time. There is, yeah. How do they feel about it? Uh, I think they feel okay generally. Yeah, I mean, I is that how you want to frame it? I mean, my... <laughs> my 
I mean, you can speak. Why don't we? It should be separate answers. My wife doesn't care for it. <laughs> you know, ha ha! ha but somebody put in a punchline. Edit in that I said a joke. <laughs> Um, well, no, I, I, yeah, that probably is true. My, my husband doesn't care for it. No. But um, it's more sort of when my daughter deliberately um, winds him up about it. Like, oh. She started asking him, you know, no, she started asking me around him what yeah. it's like to kiss you. Oh. <laughs> what, a little bitch? Oh, oh. I was out, like, doing stand-up, not with you the other night, and, and my uh, two-year-old said to, to my wife, she said, uh, he said, uh, is, is Daddy with Sharon? <laughs> and my, my wife just, like, shook her head and was like, this is very sad. <laughs> but the, I mean, the, the reality of it is that it's completely unsexy, because Rob is very hairy, and <laughs> that means that a lot of sweat forms and smells. And so, uh, <laughs> generally, he's kind of looming over me <laughs> with, a, with a sort of handmade um, uh... <laughs> they did make it by hand I remember they asked me how big should I make it and I was like well don't insult me but also not that big <laughs> um, yeah a little handmade felt yeah. is it felt I don't know uh, it's a, it's, there's a lycra element it's stretchy yeah just in um, case. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Just a little sack for his cock and balls. Yeah. And then you you thought that it would be better for everyone if you didn't wear it. You felt that it was... Mm-hmm. Um, Just because... to set you straight, but... <laughs> that, no, you were like, please wear it. Here's the thing, though. It looks... What I'm saying is, it, visually, it looks... You would... I think you might rather... You might not rather have him looming over you and actively sweating liquid sweat onto you, but you might rather aesthetically look at a naked man than this thing because it's a horrible pouch, so you just have like a unified blubbin hanging out under like a hair cloud. So it just, it looks very wrong. It looks wrong is what it looks like. You know, you'd rather it touch you than my actual penis. But uh, we, um, when I, we were doing a, an interview in, in, in the States because the show goes out, it's just going to It's on there. in a lot of countries. And, uh, sure and I, was, I was talking about the smell. <laughs> when, when we're filming um, sex scenes and you were mm-hmm. like well I, I love that you're just blaming the smell on me and I went well <laughs> I don't make as much smell as you and you're, you're mm-hmm. like well you're not making the air any sweeter <laughs> <laughs> well no that's because there was one scene where we were both under we were like in a fort and the more takes we did the worse it got under there and I wasn't the only person there <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you met each other on Twitter. Sure. And then, then it all grew from there. Yeah. It's quite, that's quite annoying. So you were, you were a fan of, I read you were a fan of Sharon's oh, yeah. first, and then yeah, you stalked her on Twitter yes. until she agreed to do a show with you. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I just wrote her and said, thank you for following me. Is there a glitch on your computer that you followed? Some <laughs> idiot uh, who at the point, like, worked at the way echelons below a mail room at a financial newspaper, calling people on the telephone being like, would you like to buy a terrible newspaper that was responsible for the recent global financial collapse? And they would say no. And i go like, I know, me neither. And make made less than minimum wage. I'm pretty sure that direct message was sent from, like, there. Um, and uh, then we just became friends. Friendly. I, then you know we would hang out when I did stand up over here, or if she came over to LA to to make a pilot or something, and then we just kind of found out that we laughed at the same things and yeah. stuff. 
So we decided to make a, a, a successful TV show. We, we, <laughs> we went for a, co- a coffee together and we found that we mm-hmm. had great sexual chemistry. <laughs> they have to channel this in some way. Yeah. They won't hurt our family too much, only in a weird way. I, I think, you know, that's good. As a performer, that is one of the perks. I'm always looking for ways to cheat on my wife that aren't, don't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, it, you, you can do that. If you're acting, it's allowed. Right. Right, so that's yeah. allowed. My other one that I've come up with, she won't let me do this, is have sex with a robot. Why not? Why wouldn't she well, let you I do that? That's a, I don't think that's cheating. How, what kind of, like, like a very realistic human. Like the woman in Humans, the very yeah. sexy woman. You you she's like, a robot. You she's, wanna... she's not a human, she's a robot. So it's not cheating. It's just yeah, the same yeah. as having sex with a, <laughs> like with a ha- hairdryer or something. But would she mind if you had uh, an affair with like a blow-up doll? I mean, uh, well, that's that... what I'm saying. Would she? Would she probably wouldn't mind that? Would she? So that's what. <laughs> at what point does it become yeah. that cheating? I don't. I think if it's not a human being, I would, what if you, I, sta- if you staple a microchip to yeah. a real human woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to Alex Kratotsky on one of my shows, who's a science uh, journalist, and she said even fillings count as uh, as kind of robot robotic enhancement so I suppose if we get uh, that's okay. what we, so, so we could start pushing it we could start pushing at. it that way <laughs> so you said I could have sex with a robot and yeah. this makes a person a kind of cyborg sure sure so, oh my god I have metal in my arm oh, there you go. I'll jerk you off after I've got metal yeah. in my hair <laughs> what <laughs> you have metal too I've got metal in my hair yeah. hey now fantastic threesome. <laughs> it's a robotic threesome <laughs> oh I haven't got I'm, well I've got one filling so that's okay. we're off now <laughs> we're, we're, we've got we're covered uh, and uh, you got Carrie Fisher in uh, your sitcom. How did that happen? <laughs> we saw her give an award to Graham Norton last year at the Attitude Magazine Awards. And um, <laughs> I just had a chocolate milkshake with Oreo and a cheeseburger and fries with Sharon. That's why I'm still digesting it. Um, and and Sharon and she the award that she gave was she was amazing and her speech she wrote herself it was just brilliant and Sharon said we should get her to play your mother and I was like fuck off you're drunk and uh, and then then we just sent her the pilot and the scripts and she amazingly agreed to do it. I don't good. think she even believed it was a show really. Uh, you're right. <laughs> she just wanted a jolly to London. <laughs> But, yeah, um, I know. I think she just like only just found out that it was a real show and watched it because we saw her tweeting about it. She was right. like, oh, I finally watched it. How do you know? It's pretty good. That's how she talks now. <laughs> you, you, I don't know if you, I can't remember if you do many scenes actually with her. There's a lot on the phone, isn't there? Or is that, did you uh, it is a telephonic relationship, yeah, so. but it's a robust one. Yeah. But it's, um, we, we use TV trickery. We were actually yeah. in the same you room. Were. We were, at yeah. The time. So you did. Were you excited? Because I get overexcited oh. with things. Like oh, that. we were so excited. We were, we were just disgusting idiots. We were kind of following her around a little bit. We were all like hanging around outside her door. <laughs> I made a really bad joke because she brought her dog over with her and her dog has like a permanent lolling tongue and she was talking about how much she loved the dog and I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're single. That dog's got a lot. <laughs> Look at that tongue. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, you know, no laughter. And, uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, and we tried to hang out with her afterwards. Yeah. We, we got her Total email and her, and her phone number. We were like, yeah. let's go for dinner. And, yeah. and she didn't no respond. <laughs> Thanks, <silence>. Mom. <laughs> well, maybe in the next... There is, you, are, you are doing another series, aren't you? That's, sure are. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me everything that happens in it now? <laughs> we have our one little factoid that we're telling people. Okay. 
that it doesn't begin where the last one ended. Oh. Yeah, that's it. It's on that's another it. planet. <laughs> no, it's a, more of a time thing. Uh, a bit of a leap forward. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I really like Juicy. Without, without giving, <laughs> without giving too, maybe this gives a bit away, but in the first series, I really loved the way, the, well, in the, towards the end of the, the last show, you're having a nice time and in, yeah. the, in the bedroom, and then it very quickly turns into a kind of stupid argument that you can't yeah. really see. It's so real. So, well, it's so, but you never see that. It's so, you know, you're being nice to each other and then it becomes a really yeah. horrific argument like you have when you're in relationships yeah. with people. Yeah. It's just so good. I mean, I don't really... Oh, thanks. I mean, I'm presuming... They come, but I, so when I, I've been arguing with my wife quite a lot this, this week. Good. Uh, and uh, I, I hope just out of time. So we've been together for seven years and I sure. think we're all right. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, because this never really happens, but because we're very tired, because we have a tiny sure. human being sucking all, uh, oh. literally everything out of us. No, uh, no not <laughs> out, of out of her. Out of you? Out of her. That came out wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we've been a bit tired, but it's, it's the way that like something that's very innocuous, and you're trying to help yeah. someone, yeah. and then suddenly you're both shouting at each other. I've been reading uh, a parenting book because my old I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-month-old, and I've been reading this book about how with like two-year-olds and stuff, you can't really talk about the facts. Like you can't be like, you shouldn't shit on the floor because <laughs> you know, like because they don't understand stuff like that. So you just kind of have to relate to them more emotionally. Yeah. So I'm actually trying to do that more with my wife now. <laughs> Not listen to the words that she says because they're fucking garbage, but uh, <laughs> to just be like, oh, you know, read the v- a cloud. Of emotion she's sending at me and more react to that and that's a better way and that's not to denigrate my wife I know because I'll be like bah, 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 and I'll hear myself and I'll be like doesn't make sense not valid not important and so I think basically people should just be like to each other and we'd all be happier if you just kind of I saw I happened upon um, Rob's phone and saw um, <laughs> a long text from his wife which was made maybe a little bit complainy and, and Rob's reply was just I'm sorry. <laughs> and then you said that's going to infuriate her. Because everything was like point, 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 question, query, point, and concern. And I was like, I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> but is it, is, was that a hard scene to write or was it an easy scene to write? Because you get to get that trans- transition between those two states, although it's sort of something that everyone will recognise, it's quite it hard fun. to work how you get there. It was fun it to was, write. It was pretty hard to sort of condense it because it needs yeah. to be like... Two, two and a half minutes long yeah. or something like that but it was easy to use our own unhappy marriages as experience <laughs> well, the and thing, then break well, off make yeah. love and then go back to <laughs> <laughs> no but you know what we try to do with this show is show that like marriage is interesting right and so we you have fights that are like operatic you know and I, I just the drudge of marriage is also accompanied by super crazy highs and lows and stuff and and so we wanted to show that with yeah. particularly with that episode rather than just like you know she's annoying or he's <laughs> oh why does he you know well, what i think was quite interesting about it is that like in most sitcoms someone would be like written as a dick you know because uh-huh. oh, the guy's a dick. he's got this girl pregnant and he's turned out to be yeah. a dick and actually although both the characters are stupid in their own ways mm-hmm. they're quite decent human beings what are you do, do. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're very heavily based on the two of you uh, but they're, you know, they're decent human beings who are just trying to do their best and sometimes fuck up mm-hmm. I think that's well, I think which is we, quite rare to see yeah. even in drama I think well we really um, 
tried hard to make him not a dick, didn't we? We wanted yeah. him to sort of be a nice guy because we felt that you'd sort of... So that's the kind of that's what you'd expect. You'd yeah. expect the guy to be like, oh, and the woman to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so we wanted to turn that on its head a bit. Yeah. And, it, and it is quite... But it's, again, it's good. there's a very dramatic moment at the end of the first series and yeah. it's, there's, there's proper, like, drama and... I mean, it's about someone getting cancer as well. Just a little barely. Just <laughs> yeah. a tiny yeah. a little bit. Of that. Well, that's what happens, you know. I mean, what's a doctor wrote me on Twitter today saying like the medical inaccuracies frustrated me, and I, I drafted something to her and then deleted it because I have at least gotten to the point where I know not to respond to people online uh, unless they're verbally filleting me. Um, but uh, but the, everything met the only thing in the show that is transcribed from our real lives is all the medical stuff yeah we might have had bad doctors but we didn't decide to disseminate info yeah. that was in any way all, other than what had happened to us stuff is all either yeah. my pregnancies or his wife's yeah. pregnancies yeah or your pregnancy my own yeah. <laughs> did you were you spying on us that's why that's how you got all this stuff how did they know we were doing that um well let me let's talk to you shan because i know i've talked to rob he's quite you know he's an alcoholic and stuff and crashes his car it's boring uh so we've heard it all before your parents ran a turkey farm. Yeah. Sounds what good. Tell me, tell me all about that. Do you really want <laughs> yeah. to? I'm, no, I'm kind of interested in proper things that people... T- they were, right, were, you were born in a pub in London. And then I was you, born in a pub, and like you, Jesus. And then you went to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went to Ireland to... I was work. born in the smoking area. <laughs> yeah, I drove the smoking area of a pub. Uh, no, my parents were publicans. Yeah. Um, first of all in London and then publicans or republicans <laughs> publicans. <laughs> publicans okay and, uh, and then they made the inevitable jump into poultry farming <laughs> um, I think because we're at the time it was just um, they had two young kids and it's maybe not the best environment pub, pub surely life. like loads of birds is a much worse environment for <laughs> there's a lot of bird shit and disease well I, uh, I don't know it's quite easy to drink in a pub I think yeah. so maybe that's not um, a great thing And but um, actually it was really nice as a kid being in a pub because people are drunk and they're friendly and they buy you crisps and uh, which doesn't happen on a turkey farm so they they um they moved to ireland and and um they we had lots of turkeys and every christmas my parents when we came of age would take us out of school and uh, employ us on their farm (laughs) and we would pluck turkeys and make our christmas money and buy like tape recorders and things (laughs) <laughs> so, what else can I tell you about no, it? I, don't know. I can tell you. I can tell you about. Uh, uh, it's pretty easy to kill a turkey. Is it? Um, yeah, you, you hang them. I think there's machines, robots, uh, yeah. to do it now. <laughs> That's but, um, my kind of robot. If it, if it can be simultaneously killing a few birds. Uh, but back in the day, there was no robots, so you would um, you would hang them upside down, yeah. and uh, and then um, local lads would walk around and uh, and they, you you grab the uh, turkey by its uh, head and you just give it a swift uh, little pull down, oh. you break its neck, and uh, and then <laughs> the best. I hope you're all. You sound like you're really enjoying this. Story. I think. <laughs> I think they all thought it was just a turkey farm where the turkeys went to live and had a lovely time. You looked after them. What? You killed the turkeys? In an early early catastrophe draft, Sharon was like, so then Rob will kill a turkey so that she can achieve orgasm. And I'm like, no, normal people don't have to do that. But anyway, uh, they kill kill the turkeys and they're still kind of, you know, in their death throes. And... um, and then you, you pluck it while it's still warm. Right. Uh, and then the, ter- the feathers. Just because it's more fun that way. <laughs> no, you don't want to pluck a cold the be- turkey. Oh. The feathers come out a lot easier. 
But um, it was lovely. Yes. We, we ate a lot of turkey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was always a new recipe involving <laughs> turkey. Because most people just have that for the week after Christmas. That was your whole life. <laughs> Especially whole for life. most of the weeks that weren't Christmas. It was just, yeah. we haven't sold any turkeys again for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> then Christmas, oh, there's, no tur- there's literally no turkeys. I don't, we've had a great week. Let's get more turkeys in. It's finally taken off. <laughs> Merry Christmas, here's a turkey. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. They're fun, you, when, they're fun when they're small because they're like cute little, you know, they're yellow and cute, and they're yeah. like little little chicks. And you can, uh, you, they're they're in these lovely warm pens with sawdust. And sometimes my dad would go down and after the pub and have a little sleep. <laughs> and, uh, and one time we found him like covered in chicks. They're all like, getting <laughs> did you, did you warm, <laughs> warm from his body. As a child, were you ever concerned about you know the turkeys that were being killed? Because did because a lot of kids will go. Oh, Lovely baby uh, no, no, didn't no. Care. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, no. I don't know. I don't think so no. because you didn't equate the big, stupid, ugly um, things with the cute little. Not really. No. I, I got a bit concerned when um, we had um, two pet lambs, um, and we called them chops and cutlets. But um, I don't know why we did that because we really loved them. And uh, and then my um, my dad um, was feeding me one day, and he pointed out that the thing in between my. Um, Baguette was uh, baguette, like I had a baguette in Ireland. Uh, between my, you know, potato. But yeah. <laughs> this, the, thing, <laughs> the thing that was beside my potato was my our, our pet lamb uh, cutlets, oh. and then I um. So I gave up meat then. Right. Yeah. You didn't care about the turkeys. Not really. Just no. the lambs. Oh, so tasty. <laughs> so so good for you. <laughs> And you, and then you worked in uh, Camden selling bongs and T-shirts. Yeah, I'm interested in people's jobs before they became famous. <laughs> yeah, how was what was your favourite T-shirt you sold in the well, drug-based T-shirt? I like t-shirt. the bong, the bong, <laughs> dope, obviously. <laughs> that was a big favourite. Um, we didn't sell that many. You know, there was like take me to your dealer kind of terrible things. Um, the bong, the bong, <laughs> <laughs> the bongs were more in, interesting. They were, uh, an interesting bong would always come in you know yeah. and and you'd sort of tell people how to smoke their legal highs through them <laughs> <laughs> and and then uh, so a lot of the time it was just like students coming in and you'd show them how a bong works and then um and, and then there would just be a bunch of crackheads buying the really small <laughs> pipes <laughs> really scaring you <laughs> so it was a good sort of mixture mark lamar walked by once that, oh, was, okay. that was probably the most exciting um thing that happened i was there walk by yeah he walking. just walked by and we sort of went hey mark lamar yeah. and he's kind of like Give us a look, and um, <laughs> and then in the hope that Mark Lamar went, <laughs> might walk past again, we had this uh, shelf where all the pipes and stuff were, and my coworker <laughs> lay in the shelf <laughs> under the glass, like stretched out his whole body, and lay there in the hope that a comedy person might walk by and think that was really funny. <laughs> but he didn't walk by again. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how to get Mark Lamar. Someone lying. That's not what he likes. Oh, not someone lying what, in a case. Like? His MTV's around there. There've been loads of comedians working there. Just I only remember Mark, Mark Lamar. Lamar. Only Mark Lamar. Mm. I probably walked past there <laughs> on my way to my two weeks presenting MTV Hot. Uh, I wouldn't have looked in because I'm anti-drugs, even legal ones, even ones used in hospital to help sick children. I'm very. 
very consistent. You're living in England now. Yeah. How's that going for you? I really Different love it Different than American. We say uh, pavement. Uh, you that you that? do. Yeah. yeah, and I'm trying to teach my little boys to say things like that. I'll be like, on the sidewalk, pavement, because I don't want them to get made fun of at school. How's, how are you enjoying England? When, you've been here for about a year, have you? Coming up, yeah, 10, yeah. ten months now. Uh, love it a lot. We had a baby, or my wife had a baby here a couple months ago, which was great. Big fan of the NHS. Um, yeah. And, uh, We're getting rid of that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that and the B- we don't like that. BBC NHS rubbish. Oh, Get rid God. Of so rubbish. I the NHS is going online. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is they don't have gas and air in the US. Like when we got my what? wife. Would no s- air in no the US? <laughs> <laughs> no gas? Where are they going to drive their We breathe a gelatinous. No, we, uh, yeah, but just gas and air, like a tube like that comes out of the wall that you breathe when you're having a baby here. Yeah. They don't have that in the US, That's which I terrible. think is terrible. Ter- because Terrible, it's maybe. so silly because even if it's a placebo, which is not, you still put a thing in your mouth that makes you go like, <gasps> which is a very helpful thing to do when you're having a baby. And then laughing gas comes out. So my wife was very happy with the gas and air. She had our baby in a pool, which is amazing. Yeah. In the US, they don't let you do that. I took too much gas and air in my first um, labor. Is that why your eldest is? <laughs> <laughs> Well, she can carry around like a balloon. (laughs) (laughs) I found, I thought the gas, I was really looking for, because I'd never take drugs. Mm -hmm. And I thought, when I get in there, that's what I'm strung straight there, pushing my wife off that, and I'm straight, I'll just be sucking on that Uh, while we're waiting. And I thought, it didn't do, just made me feel a bit lightheaded. Is that what drugs do? Yeah, that's, Mm. yeah, that's... Very disappointed. I would say if I was going to... It gonna, didn't make you want to dance. It, it, it didn't so make, weird. It didn't make me think I want to push a bowling ball out of my anus. You know, so that, that, oh, now I've done that, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get a monkey out of my urethra. I don't think it was enough. I think the other drugs were better. Yeah, also helpful. Did you have the epidural? <laughs> I, I, I wish I did. My wife was inside. It's a horrible thing. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking you were doing that. I don't want to... Talk about it too much. Cause I think you're doing similar stuff in your current show, but I'm a, I went in my new show. You know, it's so horrible. It's, it's meant to be the one most wonderful day, the day your baby's born, but it's so horrible seeing your wife in that much pain. So once the epidural was kicked in, she was very happy. Yeah, uh, and was fine. We had a three or four hours. I wrote a blog. Uh, <laughs> she was just sitting there. She was happy. I was. Bit, I've been good up to there. Yeah. No, my, thought, no well, that, that's fine. Yesterday's blog. Yeah, better get that. It's going to be busy later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because my wife had our first two in Los Angeles. And uh, in the United States, when you're pregnant, the, they're like, the woman has been afflicted with pregnancy. <laughs> Squeeze money out of her. Hook her up to machines. And uh, here, it's just a midwife who's like, How's it going? You want some tea or not? I don't care. And, and it, but it, except in a fun way. And so it was just lovely. And the fact that she was just breathing the stuff out of the wall and got to have it in a pool, she just enjoyed the, the British birth so much more. Yeah. So much more humane and good. Well, maybe we should. We'll go and have the next one in America so the third one's more enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's, you should. That's... Yeah. But it still would have been horrific. Yeah, but, but the first, I cared with the first one, but like by the third one, I'm like, stop whining. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even the bit, it's the bit before, I mean, once she had the epidural, she was sort of fine, but before she had the epidural, uh-huh. she was being sick, and she was yeah. really in pain for the contractions. Which yeah. I, had, you know, I thought this is, it's going to be bad to begin with, and then it'll get much worse, but it was almost worse at the beginning. Okay. And we had a mid- midwife who wouldn't. It was like, well, you can come in, we'll probably send you home. Mm-hmm. My wife was going, I'm in so much pain. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and even when she was throwing up every minute, they were going, yeah, well, you might have to go. 
we're going to let you mm. in. We're going to let it's mm. just about four or four mm. centimeters or whatever it had to be. We're going to let <laughs> we're going to call it four centimeters. Uh, <laughs> let you in. <laughs> so she wasn't like all the rest of them were very nice. She was from uh, Northern Ireland. No, that one. My second midwife. Uh, her nickname was Magic Fingers. Right. <laughs> oh. No tears. <laughs> my wife's midwife um, was, uh, I th- she was of Iranian descent. She had on a hijab and she had a thick Scottish accent. And she was like 19 and super cute. She was the most amazing person ever. And we live with Beast her now. Touch. Yeah, I wish. I wish. Seriously, she's the most fascinating and wonderful person I've met in yeah. many years. I mean, I think that might be considered bad if you sort of had got off with the midwife. As I'm we, sure it's happened. We know a guy who uh, had a male mid. Not, he didn't have it, but his friend in his like NCT group had a male midwife, and the dad and the male midwife hooked up during the pregnant during the birth or afterwards. Yeah, during and I know that doesn't sound believable, time. but I don't care because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was a robot and that. Maybe, could have been. Maybe, it might, might have been a could robotic been. midwife and then that's fine um, so uh, <laughs> uh, pulling was uh, I suppose the way you well actually I think annually retentive was the first time I ever became aware of you you were on that show I was on that show but I was disappointed that you weren't in the bit that I was in I thought I'll do that because I might meet Sharon Horgan she's pretty cute <laughs> uh, and then all I met was Jimmy Carr and Rob Brydon what a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> but that you kind of were the start you sort of really shone in that show I think didn't you and then, and then oh, left, oh, you, left yes, Brighton behind like yes indeed yes <laughs> but that's where you saw I think is that fair to say where uh, you sort of yeah I think yeah I think that was the thing that I did that um, got me other jobs I mean I'd done other really sh- shit stuff um, before that show, miscellaneous people in shortage track <laughs> uh, I'd done a sort of weird panel show thing I, 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 oh god I did the first series of the Friday Night Project yes you did, did some yeah. really odd stuff yeah and then you know, and then I'd after... forgotten about that first series. I'd become yeah. you know all in my memory is just Justin Lee Collins. Now, so it's pretty uh, poor. That's all I can think of is Justin <laughs> Lee Collins most of the time <laughs> about most things. But yeah, so it was you and Rob Rouse and was it Jimmy Carr in the yeah. first? Yeah, what a strange collection! Of <laughs> Is any of that on YouTube? I didn't think to watch it. Fucking hope not. Let's go. Let's all go and watch that. I really like Rob Rouse. He's really oh, funny. Oh, he's great. He's so lovely. I mean, not that I don't like Jimmy Carr. That sounds very. <laughs> that sounds. I, I like Jimmy Carr as well. Uh, Jimmy but, Carr was definitely looking at me, going, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> he didn't understand it at all. But then I, I didn't either, so that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, that was, well, that's how how it's hospital now. Uh, but uh, pulling was obviously this uh, again. It was sort of a groundbreaking sitcom in terms of it uh, about, about being women behaving badly. Uh-huh. But I mean, men. And, I just think men and women are the same, aren't they? In a lot of ways. But that's why we're like we're made to think that we're meant to act differently, and people conform mm-hmm. to their stereotypes a bit. But that's I think women. You know, clearly when men are going out pulling, there must be women that they are pulling and vice versa. <laughs> uh-huh. So we're all behaving in that way when we're in that stage of life. So it was kind of, it was, a, it was, a, it was an unusual thing to see on TV at that time. Yeah, I think so because it was completely anti sort of aspirational as yeah. well. It was, you know, no one ever looked at that show and thought, I want to be one of those, <laughs> one of those girls. Um, but it was, you know, it was really great fun to write. It was really great fun to do. And we all, you know, I think the main thing people talk about pulling is that it was cancelled, but Dennis and I, we just couldn't believe our luck that we even got a chance to do it, you know, in the first place. So yeah. We never felt bitter. 
Good. Well, you shouldn't because I don't think of it that it was canceled. I think it was the best sitcom that ever happened. And now I don't. Whenever a sitcom is longer than two series, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, Pulling didn't need to be more than two series. So what are they whining about? But that's a lot of UK sitcoms are just two series, and that's the decision. Yeah. You can just say it was our decision to yeah, make it. Yeah. Oh, it's too late. I think though. it's. I think it's lazy. I think people, if you should do, the, the people who choose to stop it are not the people who get stopped by the powers that be. But mm. it sort of seems to me if you've got a good sitcom together, why stop at two series? It's just I kind of, of sort of agree, but yeah. I mean, I've never been in that position before. No. <laughs> I've never got past the magic. I, I I've never it, made it to magic three. I find it very difficult to get beyond the writing the script for the first one. <laughs> and then going, yeah, but it's nice. They pay me to write this script every year. They pay me to write a new one, and I give it in. They go, yeah, it's good. Not going to do it. <laughs> it's definitely a challenge to write yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think, and it's scary because you you don't want to fuck it up. And it's sort of well. The only thing I wrote was Time, Gentlemen, Please, which is is which was the Al Murray sitcom. But actually, you know, we did thirty seven episodes of that in two years. Fucking Nora. Uh, wow. And uh, but it became a lot easier. The first series, which was they gave us ten extra halfway through the series, and I was writing most of it. Oh that was God. quite hard. Wow. I had, I had to write an episode a week. Who did you write that with? I wrote it. Well, it was me and Al, but I'm because he was in it once we got into it I was pretty much just writing it and then we would rehearse it it, was, it got to the point where they would record on Thursdays I think I would write on Wednesday and Thursday the first rehearsal was Friday I'd bring in what I'd written they'd read it through then I'd go and rewrite it over the weekend they'd read it on Monday and then I'd rewrite it on Monday night and then they, that would be the script and then rewrite because uh, it was in front of a live and then it was audience. in front of a live audience yeah. yeah so they had Tuesday and Wednesday to, Tuesday yeah and Wednesday sort out and then it was recorded and on you Thursday. know other joke monkeys with you or anything no god uh, so <laughs> it was quite hard work but I, did, I actually I think the ones that I wrote quickly were, were once you get into it once you've done a lot of them the ones I wrote quickly weren't noticeably worse than the early ones <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know with the first ones we spent months writing them and then, and then it became longer but the actual second series was only 15 it felt really easy to write that and then we had really? to have, we did have a couple of other people writing episodes of that but because you've got the characters and you know what's going on so yeah. just I mean if you look at most American sitcoms like I mean I really love Community and Parks and Rec and uh, yeah but they have 5,000 and they writers. do, but, but they also have, you know, they make those those work for seven series, six or seven long series, so 100 episodes. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And it, and it does work for that. And often it's good by six, and then the seventh one slightly tails off, I think, but then they stop it, don't they? <laughs> so they kind of realise when it's, when it's hit its hit its peak, I think, usually. Do not think I'm only being silent because the more that I do, the less I know. So you're saying all that, I'm like, sounds good to me. I have no idea <laughs> how television is made. No. <laughs> you're doing quite well for a man who has no idea. Thank you. I, I think you're writing it all, aren't you? Are you, are you writing it all and he just comes in? <laughs> He's a pretty boy with a beard coming in with his cock out in a little pouch. <laughs> when you said cock out, I was like, no. And then you said pouch, and I was like, yep. But, but, that, but I, I find it, you both do so much and, and you've got families, and I was sort of mentioning this backstage a little bit, but it's just that it, how do you manage to get so much done? Is it just are you working like constantly yeah. and um, nine, yeah. nine to five? And... Yeah, and then I work well, you work in the evenings, I guess, because you stand up. I, I work in the evenings as well, right. so I, I, yeah, I work from um, nine usually, sometimes half nine, sometimes ten, but till you know school finishes and yeah. then and hang out with my children for a bit remind them who I am and then <laughs> uh, and then I work in the evening usually right. yeah. it's sucky can't be bothered to do it <laughs> I, think that's, that's I used to be I used to work that hard um, and I still now I just prefer to do stuff like this where you don't have to really I've just written some things in here yeah yeah and then I come and talk to you 
Yeah, I think you do a blend, you know, it's nice. <laughs> Mix it up. Because you've been writing, like, American sitcoms, and yeah. pilots in America, and you've got... Is it, is it a series with Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah. And are you writing that on your own? Or no, I've got, a t- I've got a, a proper writer's team Have on you, that. Yeah. yeah, so that's a bit, you know, that kind of helps a bit, but... So do you write a first draft and then they take it away and punch it up, or... Uh, no, no, the other or... way around. You do, um, like, we just did a month um, in New York with all the writers there, and you kind of, you just build the whole thing up. Nothing like, we'd already shot the pilot, so you have one, so you know your characters, and then you, um, all these clever people in a room just kind of help. You just come up with ideas and get it all up on the board, and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and at the end of the month, you've got your outlines for a whole series, and then you farm them all out to all the different writers, and yeah. then they go off and they write them, and then they give them back to you, and you rewrite them. <laughs> Sounds all right. <laughs> that's, that's it. Really. It's, a, it's a complicated process in America, and like you've had ones that have gone over and nothing. Oh, oh yeah, with, loads. I've one... made loads of pilots that yeah. could just come to nothing. But you they know. treat writers quite well out there, though. I think Is that... you mean money. Yeah. Well, and disrespect. <laughs> and... Well, yeah. No, yeah. I suppose. I suppose they do. I mean, you don't think they. You don't think they do here. Well, I don't think they give enough. Because I think, don't you think the writing is that? I mean, it's, once you've got the writing, then good actors will make it way better. But without yes. the good writing, you don't. Really yes, of have course, anything. of course. But uh, I suppose over there, what they do is they give the writer, um, you know, the chance to be on set and to have a say in, you know, um, how the how the whole thing is um, pans out and how it's filmed and stuff. I suppose here, unless you're kind of in it or or, you know, you got a bit of clout, you kind of hand it over and then that's it, you know. Yeah. You kind of just have to see the finished article and, you know, just like it or lump it sort of thing. Mm. But, um, yeah. For me, as a comedy fan, I think there's a lot of... There's always bad sitcoms and bad comedies, but there seems to be a lot of, on both sides of the Atlantic, a lot of really top-notch stuff coming out now. So that, that, those systems are working one way. In other words, it's the British two people working together or... Yeah, I know, but, yeah, I, I think, well, it's, it's easier here because we've got these short little um, series, don't we? So, it's yeah. e- it, you know, it's definitely easier, but there's no possible way that machine could could continue to, to move in the States if they didn't have those great big sort of rooms of writers, but you kind of need money to do that. You need yeah. to sort of invest and spend a, spend a ton of dough, and I don't think we've got the money to do that here, do we? We've just got these... Tiny little silly budgets. Speculate to accumulate, that's what yeah. I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you had to choose between dating someone who was uh, a, a man... Who was This is for both of you. You had to choose between a man who was literally a six-foot-tall penis. That's all he was. Where but he has a face on his penis. On, on the tip? On, well, on the, not... I mean, it could be the tip. I imagine it's on the helmet. I mean, you could... The eye could be his eye or mouth, but I imagine he's got like a face here and then that's... Then the blowholes at the top. (laughs) Or, that's one option, or a man who instead of having a penis has a tiny man there. Wow. But how big is his tiny man? Well, it's about... It's between four and six inches, four and eight inches on average. But, but like, does it stay with that four or six inches? He may may grow a little bigger when he's excited. Yeah. Um, He's not going to get... I'll take the man with the little man. Would you? What, what do you like about him as opposed to the... Uh... Well, what do I like? I just don't think... I, the other guy sounds like a monster. <laughs> I wouldn't like to go to dinner with him because he'd have to feed himself. Very, uh, you don't like turkeys because they're ugly. You don't like penis men because they're ugly. Very but does he him. have arms or anything? Where's no, his no, balls? He has, what he has is some fake... He has like a suit, suit on with fake arms like Rod, like Rod Hull. <laughs> So he's done his best to look as human as he can. (laughs) But 
got no legs. So like uh, a no, he's just he sort of he shuffles along no. on no. like I, a snail, which no. a slug. I'll, I'll take the man. The man, no, the no, man. So what about you, Rob? How would you like <laughs> I would go man, man again because with both of them, sex would be out of the equation. So I might have somebody. Might well, as well have somebody no, that you can definitely. And actually, someone emailed me, and I'm sorry, I've, I've not remembered their name, but they said because the um, the tiny man is connected to the cardiovascular system of the big man, yep. he doesn't need to breathe because he, he will get his oxygen through the blood. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, but you so know, you wouldn't... If you were to insert him anyway, you wouldn't... I was worried about killing yeah, him yeah. with condoms and stuff. Although, you know what? I wouldn't let... <laughs> Killing him with condoms. Uh, I, I wouldn't Killing let himself. a man fuck me in the butt with his penis, but I would let a man with a. I, I would man. let the tiny man lick my yeah. butthole, and, uh, <laughs> with backed up by a thrusting motion. Yeah, I would let. So you I also guess, check around for yeah, stuff man, in there. Man. As well. No, I don't check. Just lick. Just check and see if there's anything. If he was yeah. a doctor, qualified doctor. Yeah, yeah. You'd, let, you'd then, let the tiny man lick your butthole. Yeah. How tiny his tongue's going to be? It's pointless. You wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> I'll be like, the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very sensitive asshole. <laughs> if that turns up in the next series of Catastrophe, I will know. <laughs> I've just written under... I've got, like, more for you on my this. I've divided you in two. I don't know why I've put this. Rob, we've become monsters, is what I've put under there. Does that mean anything to Agreed. you? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we've become monsters. Yeah. What's that one say? Can't even read my. This is women in adventure. That can't I, be what I, it says. I like them. That can't be what it says. Women in adventure. <laughs> Tell me about women in adventure. My my wife signed up for a 10k yesterday. Oh, well, there you go. Could yeah. My wife and I did a half marathon, a trail half marathon. So it was like mountains uh, a few years ago, and she beat me by over a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like women in adventure. <laughs> I left my uh, baby in the car the other day and forgot she was in there. That's illegal. Uh, That's against the law. You, <laughs> delete this. <laughs> what have you have you ever done that with your Did kids? Did you really do that? Well, it was it was extenuating circumstances. We were in quite had a quite a stressful weekend, which we should talk about. Oh well, bit. then it's forgiven. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> my wife had lost a phone that she hadn't. It was in the car, uh-huh. and we were meant to be going somewhere, and we were really rushed, and we were slightly arguing with each other, and we had to t- mm-hmm. I had to turn around and drive back because so my wife could see if her phone was in the street. And then um. I had to park the car. They couldn't park anywhere because it's Shepherd's Bush. And it's a nightmare. Hey, it's a lovely place. Uh, and and, uh, and never during any of this did you notice that your baby was missing? Well, no, she was in the car all the time. So I got out of the car and left her in the car. So I, I forgot, but I forgot she was in the car because oh. she'd been in the back and I'd been driving her along. And then I turned around. Then I parked and then I thought, oh well, I've I've worked out how to find the phone. I can ring the phone. That's how tired we were. The, ba- that, the baby answered. No, well, no, but I was down. I was out in the street. So I, was, I thought I'll go down the street and I'll ring it. And if it's in the street, I'll hear it. And then I went to the house and thought, oh, maybe I'll do the same in the house. And my wife came in and said, uh, where's the baby? And I... Mm. <laughs> I, I just for a second, I forgot no. I had a baby. <laughs> then that, you remembered you had a baby. <laughs> and there was a heat wave. <laughs> yeah, it was very hot. <laughs> uh, and she was in the back of the car. The car was locked. Oh. Uh-huh. Could have been towed because it was on a double yellow okay. line. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Or, you know, just some madman in Shepherd's Bush <laughs> could have come and shat on the, in the car. <laughs> You never done anything I like that. I you always remembered you've got children. Uh, I think, I've shit yeah. in the car. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, <laughs> shit in the car. Uh, no, I don't believe I've, okay. I've ever done anything. Um, As if. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've done. You know, I've done bad. Th- 
things. I've yes. done I've done things that like a sensible mother wouldn't do. I've kind of uh, I, when when I first had a kid, I you know I, I was breastfeeding, so I didn't um, drink for the first while. But when I started, I stopped breastfeeding so I could start drinking again. That's basically what I did. But um, my first couple of nights out, um, <laughs> I overdid it, obviously. And then um, I remember thinking, it's so amazing that the, the when I have a big night out, the baby sleeps till 10. But... It's just amazing. And, and, and obviously now I realise... Um, I was asleep till 10. Your breast milk. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because your breast milk was like 80 proof. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. no, no, so no, no. Like, no, I always, I always put, would pump and, you know, get rid of yeah. that stuff. Or mm. keep it for a little. <laughs> <laughs> pump it, put it in the fridge, and I'd pay $700 a pint for it. <laughs> Have you ever left your child somewhere? Yeah, I, I have did it three well. now, so it'd be a lot easier to do. Uh, but I can remember when I only had one uh, being at home and... Uh, uh, leaving on foot, I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to go, rather than this shitty coffee I make, I'm going to go get a nice one. And I got about, not too far, about like an eighth of a mile from my house, and then I thought, oh, there's a baby back there. And I uh, <laughs> remembered and went back. See, I think it's, at the beginning, it's hard, it's easy yeah. to forget that you've got them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe. It's all very hard. I'm just seeing if I'm, you know... Oh, the thing in Pulling, like that I was going to talk to you about in Pulling, is one of the characters uh, shaves down to a Hitler moustache. Yeah. And then goes out in the street and gets beaten up for having a Hitler moustache. Uh, yeah. I had a Hitler moustache for a year and I never, I, got, I I never got beaten up once. You never got beaten no. up? There was no... In fact, nobody... Um, nobody even really... The worst thing that happened was uh, I passed a white van man at about 12 midnight on the night... He looked at me and said, well done, mate, you're a man after my own heart. That was the worst thing. Wow. <laughs> everything, else, everything else was people just went and laughed. And so uh. the minute they were behind me, laughed. Like, <laughs> the moustache made me deaf. You know, they would yeah, have, yeah, yeah. And then just, ah! <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to hear that. And occasionally, you know, someone went, I think he had a hit the moustache. Jim Rosenthal saw me at the, at the O2 when I was at the Al Murray gig. And he, and he, said, he said to his wife, that man's got a hit moustache. Oh, dear. Uh, he, was the only, oh he was the only person, Jim Rosenthal. <laughs> did you have um, a girlfriend at the time? I did. My, I was with my wife, so it was a good, you know, test that my wife was the right person to be with. <laughs> that if she used to put up with me through that, I didn't have it for the entirety of the year, but I had it for most of the the uh, year. How was the? How was your? How was your sex life? Uh, it was, well, it was good because she is a pervert and uh, so was, <laughs> and she is a Nazi as well. So it was very exciting. Very exciting. I think it was. I think it was fine then, before we had a baby. <laughs> but no, no, it was fun. She was. I think it was. She. She understood. She's understood a lot of things about me that. You know, I'm very lucky. I've found a very good woman. You really are. But she doesn't want you to do the robots thing. She doesn't. Well, you know, that's why. I mean, in a way, she's maybe not perfect. I'm, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm in the wrong there. I don't yeah. know. You're not. You're no, not. I'm not in the wrong. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so yeah it was uh, but that's, that's quite interesting because you would assume I was really terrified and I live in Shepherd's Bush and like it's a you know a multicultural area and, and I really thought people would be and then the Guardian wrote a big article about me saying that I would I'd, it took like three or four lines out of context oh, like no. that I hate anyone from Pakistan or something oh, there, was like, there was something where, there was some routine I'd done on the podcast where I'd said uh, let's just solve all the world's problems just we'll decide who's right and who's wrong uh-huh. and I said India's right I hate everyone in Pakistan and so then it said <laughs> I hate Pakistan then in the garden it said I hate Richard Herring with a hit moustache says I hate Pakistanis Jesus I'd like a bit of context on that really because it was sort of a joke and I walk around and I've got a hit moustache and it's quite <laughs> quite easy to spot who I am now oh wow <laughs> so uh, yeah so it was uh, it was it was a weird time 
That sounds you're, like your character got beaten up straight, but every man does do that. What the, the shape, shape, yeah, yeah. You'll do it when you take that thing off. Well, I grow a beard all the time. I, yeah. What I do is I just shave once every couple of months, and then it grows back because I don't want to have a beard. It's just because of all the kids that I have. If I go in to shave, like something will explode or a kid will fall <laughs> down a well, and then I have to run out. So now I just don't shave. That's why I have a beard. <laughs> So, what's, Sharon, what's it like, uh, your brother, I suppose everyone goes on about your brother, Mark, who's a producer for a multi-platform <laughs> media production company. Does everyone they go actually, on about that all the time? They actually do go yeah. on about Mark, because yeah. uh, he uh, produces uh, one of the most successful um, sports shows in Ireland, oh, uh, called Second Captains. Um, they have a podcast, if you want to um, tune into that. Okay. Uh, so yeah actually they do Mr. Snidey <laughs> <laughs> he took me out in Dublin we had a blast yeah her other brother's a famous rugby player but I wouldn't know anything about that nor would any look at these they don't look like, I don't know anything about it. I thought they would like it because he was a m- m- multimedia nerd I thought everyone would go hey <laughs> uh, uh, but Shane isn't playing anymore so you're, you're a bit out of date there I don't really <laughs> care. <laughs> if I liked him, I'd have him on, wouldn't I? But I don't, I don't like rugby. You should have them both on. They're very funny. Should I get both of them on yeah, next? Go on. I've got a space on the 20th if they want to come up. <laughs> we can find out all get about my, the turkey farm. Get my sister's farm. down as well. Yeah. you got like, you, well, how many, how many cousins have you got? Because uh, Roisin Conti was on. She's got 80 first cousins. 80? Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, don't, I couldn't I, count them. There's too many to count. I, I've actually got no idea. I don't know how many cousins I have. Right. I um, I know four of them, uh, but I assume there's a ton more. <laughs> I've got a load in New Zealand as well, so, oh, yeah, but yeah. I don't really Because you're descri- the paper described you as an English-Irish uh, actress, actor, and you're from New Zealand. You're New Zealand and Ireland, really. <laughs> well, my dad's a, a New Zealander. My yeah. mum's um, Irish. Now, I was born in London, but I was yeah. brought up in Ireland. So, I mean, I it's don't know about it. It's a little bit. What is your What is your child who's been born in England? Are they American or English? Uh, American. Yeah, they don't care if you were born. If you were born to American <laughs> parents here, then you're American and you get a U.S. passport. I think you have to be here for quite a while before the U.K. will acknowledge your existence. Mm. It's sort of a new thing. It used to not be that way, but now they're like, "Fuck you, guys." <laughs> so she can't, he, he can't get an English pass, British passport he, maybe when he turns five I yeah. think is what he is, then he could are you going to plan to stay in the UK or are you going to move back I don't know we're crazy about it uh, my eldest son is about to start reception and you know they've they've got British accents now since they're so young <laughs> which is adorable we love it here uh, so I don't know I don't know what's going to happen yeah. in any regard with the future none of us none of us love to stay I mean I love London love LA flip a coin I don't care (laughs) you can live in both can't you no no I mean you're you're not with kids at that age they would go insane (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll ask you another do you have any idea good ideas for terrorist atrocities because I keep thinking them up Terrorist atrocities. Don't you, think, don't you keep making up terrorist atrocities? I'm always. I've got. I've naturally got an anti-terrorist uh, plan for you now because I've. I've given a lot of terrorist ideas out, and I'm worried oh, wow. they'll be implemented. The thing I do now is when I have a free newspaper, uh-huh. I, in case anyone starts like machine gunning people on the tube, yeah. I roll it up into like yeah, a yeah. cudgel. Yeah, and you can uh, stick it in their throat. They won't expect you to hit them with a newspaper. A rolled-up newspaper. Yeah. You could really. You, you can. You, you know. I, yeah, I'll show so you I'm, something backstage. Uh, another thing. I'm ready. So that is my anti-terrorist. Oh, I have that, and then no one's gonna. 
arrest you for having that, but you could really, if you cracked them in the temple with that. Yeah, anti-terrorism, there's a lot of things you can do to people's feet that they're yeah. not expecting because they think you're going to go for like center mass. You can fuck up people's feet with relative ease. Yeah. Also, uh, have you ever had your armpit? Do it to yourself. Pull your armpit hair, grab yeah. it by the fist and pull it down. Do it backstage where you can really do it. Unbelievably painful. So you can disable somebody with their armpit hair. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. I do it to Sharon often. Uh, <laughs> what I do... <laughs> In my terrorist uh, fantasies, what I do is I pretend, I think about times in my life when I've been close to death, and then I try to just wrap myself in that blanket, and I think I'm definitely going to die, and then just go and try to kill as many of them as you can with your hands. (laughs) And so, I just, I think if you're ever faced in a situation with violence, just be like, I'm definitely going to die, and then maybe you won't, it'll be a nice surprise when you don't. And then just go windmilling in. Yeah, Yeah. just go nuts. Well, I don't think the terrorists will be expecting that. That's the thing. If you attack yeah. them, yeah, yeah, with think the, with that the, with the, with the, whatever. I think they'll be expecting you to run away or just die. But if you go, I'm going to go and come and get you. They'll they'll go. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm no, you have surprised. to. Yeah, just go nuts yeah. and laugh. If they cut you and you bleed, be like, ha, ha, I like that. And then they'll be scared. <laughs> yeah, you have to go a total psychopath. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever come up with? I, I'm both. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with everything that can go wrong. It's I, and especially now I've got a. A child. I just think mm. my brain is my worst enemy because it thinks of everything that could go wrong all oh, the time. Yeah, constantly. Uh, yeah. You mean? Uh, well, everything. Just yeah. like that guy, that guy flying that plane into that mountain. That's just really fucked me mm, off. That guy oh. sucks. Because you know that now it's not just going to be on a plane. Yeah. It's like he could be in a, he could be on the back of a rickshaw, and the bloke goes, "I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm going to drive this <laughs> <up> a cliff. <laughs> I can't graze. There's no, there's no point. Like, safe, it, right? If you it, start realizing that yeah. people, you could be a doctor in the hospital going, yeah, I'm going to inject you with some medicine, and they just inject yeah. you yeah. with a deadly poison. Oh my there's god! I'm never going to take a rickshaw yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that even if they example. just decided to drive it into a skip, yeah. you know, oh, they really like pedaled. whiplash. You're like, I cut my knee rather badly. I'm not saying it's bad as the plane guy, but it could. You could get. I I, I have that all, all the time, constantly. Yeah. Like I walk down the street and I'll I'll think uh, something massive is going to fall on my head, yeah. and I'll physically kind of just flinch all throughout the day I'm thinking I'm gonna die when I was a little when I was like eight my science teacher at my primary school was like he was like you see the slate up on that roof and it was like four stories up he's like one of those slit off cut your head clean off you wouldn't know what happened and I really eight now that I now I cannot see any kind of slate roofing without imagining my eight year old head being like pop and uh, now it's almost soothing yeah <laughs> Well, someone told me a story that they had a flat opposite a big department store in London that some, uh, like, a thing fell off. Oh. And just said you wouldn't believe how much blood there is in the purse. Quite a bit. Just... Wow. (laughs) 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 That's it, that's it. That's quite... If you're going to go, that's quite a good way to go. Is it? Well, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Yeah, maybe you would. A gargoyle falls on your head. I want a little bit of... I want to at least be like, oh, fuck. I want (laughs) to... Give me a second. I, I, I don't want to necessarily feel it, but I'd love to know what's going to happen. But I see then the other day, I talked about this the other week, the other day I nearly choked on a, an apricot, apricot stone. And oh, I was on wow. my own in the house and I oh, ate, ate, ate the whole stone. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I was convinced it was, I was convinced it was trapped in my throat. I was, I was uh-huh. trying to get it, I couldn't get it up. And I thought, I'm going to die. And I was just embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just like going, oh, this, I was thinking my mum, my, uh, my mum, my wife and my, <laughs> my mum wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
my wife and my baby are going to come home and just find me dead on the floor and oh, no. find out how I died. I, and they and would be, be right if they went, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't thinking, oh no, I've got to think about, you know, I was just thinking. That's how your daughter would remember you, a kind of idiot who would yeah. like, <laughs> well, eat but an hey, apricot stone. First of all, they would go, you go, my dad's dead. And people yeah. Go, oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. How and they didn't have to go. What, what happened? How did he die? Oh, we yeah. didn't. He, he ate some fruit inefficiently, and then they would go. What? Well, what fruit was it? And then they'd go an apricot. Like, Ooh, you know, uh, fresh apricots. Who does he Fellini. Think? Yeah. Fellini, I think, choked to death on a mozzarella stick. <laughs> uh, Tennessee Williams choked to death on the cap of a medicine bottle. So you'd be in pretty illustrious yeah, company. It would, but it's interesting because I thought I probably am going to die, and I yeah. wasn't scared. I was you just in I was in, no. I just thought oh. you did. I just thought it. it's. I just. I, I guess. I, it, yeah. It's, I, you, I never saw it again. So it's either oh, growing it's still inside in there. me. You could still cough it up and it's joke quite on small. it. Small. I just. It just. It obviously scraped my throat on the way down, so it felt mm-hmm. like it was okay. stuck yeah. in my throat. Have you been collecting your stool since to make sure you <laughs> comb through it? I expected because it hurt on the way down, and uh-huh. that's quite a big opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was expecting. <laughs> So, well, oh, so you mean when it comes out of your big windy asshole, you definitely won't feel it? <laughs> your big floppy asshole. I was expecting it to... I was expecting some chafing. But it escaped like a prisoner, like those prisoners down the sewage pipe. Disguised sure, sure. as a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> floated away, because if I'd got it, I'd have got it out and mm-hmm. I'd have kept that yeah. somewhere special. I'd have mounted that as the... But it's kind of interesting to think you're going to die and then not... Mm. Yeah. Not be well. Just not think. Oh no, this is terrible. I was, it was overridingly embarrassment. Oh. Yeah. I, I've um. I'm very accident prone, so um. I fall over a lot and get knocked down quite a lot, and uh, so um. I I've never um once sort of thought I was going to die, no. but I have a few times thought I might have severe brain damage. <laughs> or never walk again yeah. one of those I get mad when people do stupid things in front of me where they could die <laughs> my wife and I climbed a half dome in Yosemite National Park which is a super hard thing to climb and when you get up near the top there's like a track that you're supposed to stay on because they're like you're going to die if you go on either side of this because it's too easy to fall off this big mountain you're like that's boring no, you're, no, just like, you're like fuck I don't want to hear that story <laughs> um, and I, I remember some guy some guy went outside the thing and my wife was like ah oh, fuck this guy's going to make us watch him die and we were so angry not like how can we help him we were like he's gonna ruin our vacation by dying in front of us and he did and it did <laughs> it's still cross about it now to this day um i do a thing called uh, desert oh, we should stop in a sec Richard. yeah Oh, yeah, thank you. I haven't done either of them. You didn't remind me about the first one either. Uh, there's two things I have to do. This should have been the opening monologue. <laughs> Alex Newsom and Joey Cannon have a very happy wedding. Or if only Joey is listening, ask uh, Alex... Oh, sorry, no, if only Joey is listening, ask her, why, why, look at him, why? Uh, so that is from Jamie Cox, who obviously secretly fancies his, his friend's fiance. Uh, so thank you for that. He paid some money uh, for that. And uh, I have to ask you a question. Just hoping I've got the right one. Uh, this is from Victoria, Victoria Muir. Um, what's the one thing you wouldn't want your mother to find out? It's quite a good question. Wish I'd thought of that. But I, she I can't. Well, you don't know. Yeah. My my dad is um, quite um, enthusiastic about what I do, so he'll he'll find it. Okay. <laughs> oh, wouldn't I want? You are you are. You, you're right because your mum's in bloody Carolina or somewhere. In no, no, no. Um, 
she, my mom would likely find out too. Uh, I mean, I can tell you, I know when I first joined Twitter, (laughs) uh, my mom would read the things that I'd written and she'd call me and she didn't know how Twitter worked yet. She thought it was like a board that anybody could post on. And she'd call me and she was like, Rob, honey, people are posting disgusting stuff (laughs) on, on your twitter.com profile. I don't know why do you have, did you give them access? Are you able to take down what they've written? And she didn't mean, know that it was me writing things. And I so, but for like a good year, I was like, "Yeah, oh God, I know. I got to figure out how to get." Yeah, it is a shame. And then, like at one point, she was like, "I understand that you you are writing these things," and I was like, "Sorry." And she was pretty upset, understandably. I'd hate my mother to find out that I'm an Al Qaeda. That would be that would suck. (laughs) That would be bad. But surely, like you've done so much, you put so much of yourself into what you've written. Yeah, I I, I thought my my aunties are a nun. Right. And, and my you know parents are pretty much Irish and, and very Catholic and so I always um, I, I thought I you know by now they would have disowned me but they they're so into it right <laughs> they 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 really enjoy it and that's yeah. always a surprise to me yeah I think I got over the embarrassment you know I, I, I remember being embarrassed when my parents came to my stand up gigs early on yeah. especially when I mentioned them and I got emotional when I talked about it. I, did, I did a show called the Headmaster somewhere in the end I kind of. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, realised that it was harder for my dad being my headmaster than it was for me being... But mm. I genuinely hadn't thought about it from his point of view until sure, I was sure. 40 years old. And, but then when he was in the audience, you know, and I was saying, having mm. to say he was a nice guy, that was mm. the hardest thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a harder thing to do. So, mm. you know, that broke. But now I kind of say anything. And I go to Cheddar every year and do my current stand-up show oh, okay. in the, at the school. And the, they've got a little theatre, not in front yeah. of the pupils. Uh, but... Uh, but it's sort of they've all been every year until this year it's like I'm doing talking cock or Christ yeah. on a bike or Hitler moustache yeah, and just yeah. they won't even put the title up around Cheddar <laughs> <laughs> so it's like really embarrassing for my parents and along uh, they're a bit part of the community but you know yeah. got used to it haven't you? I think yeah. there's yeah. nothing I wouldn't once it like pays the bills yeah. like before it paid the bills I was ashamed of myself yeah. once it, I could buy like underpants with comedy money I was like I don't care what anyone thinks <laughs> when, when you started earning money yeah. what was the first sort of adult thing you wanted to buy well I don't know if that's happened yet uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've done that mine was mint Viscounts <laughs> <laughs> What are, what are those? I just couldn't believe that I could buy any kind of biscuit. And just the world of biscuits was open to me. I think I had biscuits before I earned, earned money. But any kind of, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if I'd really want But I, was, I remember being a kid and thinking, well, I'd like to be in the position where I could have a whole bar of chocolate and not to share it with anyone. Mm. That seemed like an impossible goal oh. like, that would never happen to you, however, however well you did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but I wrote a book about my, the year I turned 40. It's the year I met my wife. But the, what I was doing before I met my wife, which was pretty mm-hmm. disgusting. It was. And um, my mum read it. Uh, and there's a bit in the book where um, I'm having a threesome and a woman tries to put a champagne bottle up my anus. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm not really into it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and my mum read the whole thing and she said, yes, yeah, it's exactly what... There was nothing in it I didn't expect. Uh, yeah! <laughs> and I go, really? The bit where oh the woman God. wanted to put the champagne bottle? But once you've why, that, why did she want to put that so up there? I think she thought I would like it. I said, no, thanks. Uh, but, but was it op- had it been drunk? Yeah, it was like an empty bottle. Oh, right. I did, did, I, she wasn't <laughs> planning to open it with my anus. As a, <laughs> here's two things. <laughs> no, now you've said that. 
I can kill two birds with one stone here. Here, my mom wouldn't want to know this, is that I did the one time I ever participated in a threesome was my freshman year in college. The only cool part about it was like when something was like crackling in the air and I was like, wait, is a threesome about to happen? <laughs> and then it, then that was cool. Then it started to happen. I didn't know what to do and everything. And then it ruined my relationship with both of the girls so badly that I went to a party at their house a few months later after not having spoken to them. And I went to take a piss and I lifted up the toilet lid and my, they had put my picture on the back of the toilet lid. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I wept. <laughs> but were you not um, shy about your... I mean, you've obviously just revealed that now for the first time. <laughs> in public yeah. to people. Uh, were you not shy about writing about a threesome and a champagne bottle up your hole in, in a book? That, <laughs> that... Well, I kind of thought it was important because it was quite... Uh-huh. It was quite... It was an honest book and I wanted to... Because I, cause I think because in the by the end of the book I'd kind of turned things round. I thought I wanted mm-hmm. to be quite honest I, about... So it's like a you were putting a champagne bottle wasn't a, You know, it's not like... It's, it's, still quite good but it's still a good I'm glad I did it it was a thing that I was really sort of obsessed with doing and I thought you had, didn't do me, it I thought you wouldn't let her well no, no not I mean having a threesome <laughs> uh, it was the, the champagne bottle wasn't part of it but, uh, but you know I kind of wanted to show how far I'd gone and it was actually quite it was just about two months a month or so before I met my wife that this happened oh wow so and so it was like it opened the door to me once I'd done had someone tried to put a champagne bottle up my ass that I didn't want oh wow now it was okay for me to get married so it was a beautiful it was a beautiful part in that. In that I assumed moment. that was in the knowing that it happened less than twenty years ago. I'm a little grossed out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you uh, put it in your vows, like when you're? <laughs> a lovely story. No, but it was you know there were worse things. There was bad things. You know, it was a it was a difficult, it was a difficult midlife crisis time. <laughs> but thankfully, hopefully, well, there's no way back now, is there? <laughs> I can't go back to those days Not without murdering my wife and child. That would be. Yep. Now I've said that in the podcast, though, if anything happens to them, mm-hmm. people are going to... I'm going to be the first person they suspect. You would have been anyway, if statistically. They, if, they're, if they're dead, the police come in and I'm having uh. a threesome, they'll go putting two and two together. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to go because I've managed to embarrass myself more than either of you. And that is not, that is not the point of this podcast. You've cleverly... Like, Louis threw Louis Theroux, Louis Theroux'd me. And started turning it around on me. Yeah, you've got to wait for that. Oh, wow. He started questioning me about my disgusting life. <laughs> and saying, maybe we should do one about stand-up comedians. <laughs> There'd be better stand-up comedians than me to do that about that, wouldn't they? No, there wouldn't be. No, um, no there wouldn't be, Richard. No, maybe not. Well, thank you very much for coming on thank to you. my podcast. It was lovely to see you this again. I'd love to see you the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. Fantastic. <laughs> To Richard Herring's That's the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guests Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. It is has music on it by Pest. They are playing in their band now. Mm, let's listen to that for a second. Yeah, thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. They are very nice here. Come and see their shows. Come and see me do my 12 shows over the summer. LeicesterSquareTheatre.com Thank you to everyone at Go Fast and Stripe and all the people who filmed it, some of whom have literally just had a baby this week, though not and themselves out of their partner's vagina. It was produced by Ben Walker. It is a fuzz. I pretended it. I'm Richard Herring. It is a fuzz. GoFastTheStripe.com Sky Potato Production. Thank you very much for watching slash listening to Rich Tank's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. It was quite good. Uh, I have to say this, Matthew Blackstad, who I believe 
uh, directed me in the Threepenny Opera at Oxford University, has, uh, <laughs> I think that's right, uh, has uh, paid to say, hello nerds, buy my book Sock Puppet, the perfect read for ham-handed IT professionals out in 2016. Find out more at Matt Black, M-A-T-T-B-L-A-K, if you want to read his book Sock Puppet, Sock Puppet, not Sock Fuck It. That's a different book that I am going to bring out in, <laughs> in direct competition in 2016. Thank you very much for watching slash listening, depending, watching and listening, possibly, or just listening. Uh, there will be more of these in the future. Go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges, uh, buy a badge, pay monthly or just a one-off, and then you can help us make more internet content, including, as it occurs to me, hopefully back in 2016. Thank you to all the people who helped us put this together. You are very nice people. Here are your names. Matthew Smith. Ewan Duncan, Rob Applin, Darren Foote, Colin Anderson, Raymond Harpenny, Kevin Tipcorn, Steve Mash, Dean Ratland, Gaynor Wilson, Adam Queck, Stuart Fawcett, Tim Turner, Julian Benton, Thomas Baldwin, Lauren Pilkington, Matthew Blackburn, Neil Martin, Jack Burton, Fraser Levy, Gina Lynn, Paul Jeffrey, Rob Ward, Robert Tang Richardson, Leo Vagoda, Carol Forster, Icky Kawa, Colm McGonagall, Aurora Watters, Jake, Heather Henderson, Simon Carl, Christine Sato, David Collier, Jijin John, Roy Owens, Matthew Poynton, and Richard Dean, Chris Yaxley, come on, Will, just Will, Paul Carnahan, Benedict Donnellan, David Collins, that's not a real one, Miriam Palfrey, Stephen McAleer, Rachel with an A in it, an extra A, two A's. And David A. James. We all love David A. James. He's a good lad. All right, see you next time. Thanks for all your participation. Tell your friends.